Go, Jenny, go. Okay, I'm Jenny Paladna. I'm going. I'm Jenny Paladna. Jenny going Paladna. Paladna. <laughs> That's what they call me. And I'm, I'm Gary. I'm also going Paladna, but it's not part of my name. It's just what I'm doing. And my last name is Butterfield. <laughs> and I'm Jim. And we're all the topic lords for this week. You guys hearing that car alarm? No. Sorry. Okay, good. <laughs> I'd love that to stop. Who's outside? Stay inside. It's only car thieves out there now. It's their time. No one can go out and turn it off now because they have to stay inside. Oh, no. The car died. Thank goodness. As they all should. Jenny Goen Paladna. Yeah. Would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? Hi, I'm I'm Jenny Paladna. I'm a person who exists in the world and has nothing to plug. All right. Uh, Gary, same thing. Uh, I'm Gary Butterfield of DuckFeed.TV Podcast Network which I will plug. Uh, if you go there, you can find all of our fine podcasts. Always hustling. Always, you know, you know me. Uh, that, that felt like entrapment, Jim. I, I, <laughs> 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 Do you want to plug anything? No, no, hold up. No, no, I say, I say, I say with respect. Oh, okay. Respect the hustle. Well, I, I, wait, no, I, wait, hang on. I didn't say that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> respect the hustler, not the hustle. <laughs> One of the many ways I'm like Dolomite. Are you guys ready for some topics? I love topics. Gary, your first topic here is how did people decide to eat certain vegetables even though they don't look like food and sometimes taste like shit? Yeah. This is inspired by an eggplant I recently had. Uh, <laughs> he, um, I was like, this thing doesn't look like food and it doesn't taste good. Nope. Why did this happen? I mean, my, my not funny guess is that all of these were uh, like starvation moments. And then people who were starving just got to like it through familiarity. Like a form of Stockholm syndrome, but for vegetables. Is it soup stock syndrome? Oh, good one. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't know how to, I realize I don't really know how to describe like an eggplant. Not just because of colorblind reasons, but it doesn't look like any other food, really. It kind of looks like a gourd a little bit, but it's a color that doesn't exist on earth. Right. It's a very unique looking thing. Yeah, and if you just like took a bite out of it, you'd be like, oh, Clearly, this was not. This is not food. I bet the, the the unique appearance is actually part of the appeal. It's like the the cherry in a fruit cocktail. <laughs> just just one <laughs> eggplant on top of the entire garden. Yeah. Do we collectively know anybody who likes eggplant? I mean, I'll I'll eat an eggplant. Like you know, you you take the eggplant meat and you fry it up and you put some good sauce on it and and it's tasty. But like that's true of literally any substance. Yeah, it's the sauce. Yeah. And the frying. And, and what about like vegetables that you have to cook for like an exceedingly long time? Like you look at something like um, collard greens, which are delicious, but they're not delicious until you cook them for like an hour. Yeah. Right? Isn't that wild? Do you think they just tried cooking every substance for every amount of time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got time to kill. There's not Netflix. I mean, you can always cook something for a time and then taste it to see if it's food yet. And if it's not food yet, you can just keep cooking it. Don't don't give us these time-saving measures until we invent Netflix. <laughs> and, and, and Jenny, most things do, like not all things by any means, but a lot of surprising things do become food if you cook them enough. Because like people like boil their boots and shit in times of famine or like book bindings oh, yeah. for the glue for the horse bone juice. Gosh, that's a hell of a roundabout way to eat horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> laundering horse through a book, through a famine. <laughs> yeah, I guess a lot, most things do turn to food eventually, including us. 
<laughs> We're learning so much. <laughs> I think we solved it. <laughs> okay. Good job, lords. Uh, Jenny, your topic here is yeah. Stephen King writing about boners. There is a Tumblr. Yeah. That um, Tumblr is found- definitely going in the show notes. <laughs> I will give you the address right now. It is Stephen King's Boners, all one word, dot tumblr.com. I was playing online Dungeons and Dragons last night, and somebody referenced Gerald's Game, which is a hell of a book. If you don't know anything about Gerald's Game, just go read the, read the plot synopsis and prepare to be just horrified. People were having a dispute about whether or not Gerald's Game was the Stephen King book. They swore there was a Stephen King book that featured someone wearing a necklace of penises. Hmm. 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 Yeah. Alternative pluralization, peenies. <laughs> peenies. <laughs> Wang doodles. Peenus. Ooh, that is a penus. <laughs> it's a farm fresh direct sourced pearl necklace. Farm to table. <laughs> All of these are from Under the Dome. This is just... <laughs> oh, if you keep going, if you keep going, we get out of Under the Dome and into... It doesn't start really getting good uh, until you get to... Um, <laughs> but the mass holes better be gone when we come back, or I just might have to introduce Titsy McGee to my helmeted Avenger. Ooh. I'm sorry, that is also Under the Dome. Iron Man? Oh, no. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of Under the Dome. Maybe this Tumblr could be a little bit more specific. <laughs> oh there's the regulators yeah if you keep going we eventually get out from under the dome (laughs) the the dome was a metaphor the entire time (laughs) yeah so in in trying to google which stephen king book had the necklace of penises i did not find that but i did find this tumblr which is basically someone has gone through uh they're going through every stephen king book and anytime there is a reference to a penis that they deem to be a boner using their scientific penis to boner rules, they uh, they put put the quote in this tumbler, and it makes me feel a certain way about Stephen King. In Doctor Sleep, he refers to somebody's fly being open with their works sticking out. <laughs> like look upon my works, like an Ozymandias in a sense, which is incredible. That that could be like a nice pubic hair topiary. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> what kind of pubic hair topiary would you look upon in despair? Like an elephant. Or? What if you went on a date with somebody and they had sculpted their pubic hair to look like you or your name? You know, or the day you would die. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Like. Wait, are we talking like on the first date? Yeah, if it was if it was the first date, Jim. If you're not seeing pubes on the first date, man, I I, I got to wingman you from Skype. I got to tell a wingman you. Uh, like, okay, I'm just going to assume I would give them the benefit of the doubt and say like they're just really like in the bathroom before they just went in there and they did a real quick trim job and <laughs> and made my face from memory. Yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd make this yeah. weird. <laughs> you go on a first date with Edward Scissorhands. Oh, man. Last date with Edward Scissorhands. Take him home to mama. <laughs> have you have either of you ever heard anyone refer to giving head as giving dome? No. No. I, I have, and it's fucked up. One of, one of my old co-workers at Fred Meyer <laughs> used to call it getting dome. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, you know, head. And I'm like, I do know that one. That's why you say that one when you're trying to communicate. Yeah. <laughs> I would just like to to dwell for a second. Like the store is just called Fred Meyer. It's not like Fred Meyer's department store 
or like even it's not even Fred Myers. It's just Mm-mm. Fred Meyer, like the dude. <laughs> Fred Meyer. <laughs> it's the name of the building. Buy your groceries from me. Which is still more comprehensible than <laughs> Carl's Jr. Oh, he's so jolly. <laughs> oh, there's been a run on all my products. Produce <laughs> is rare, but values are common. Join me. Special guest Fred Meyer on this podcast. Oh. <laughs> Give him a hand. Uh, have you seen JC Penny? She's my daughter. The lore implications are incredible. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. That's 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 Gary being tired from doing his Fred Meyer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it takes a lot of mana. Yeah, it, it, it takes a, it takes a time. Did Jenny, did you have any particular insight into this boner blog, or was it just that you wanted to draw hype man it? Because I'm glad that I know about it now. Yeah, um, I didn't have any particular. I thought that maybe. Maybe we would all have a realization that, like, we all went through a Stephen King phase in high school, and actually Stephen King books were more fucked up than we realized. Well, listen, I I read it in high school, so I knew. Mm-hmm. I, I I never had my Stephen King phase. I just I just watched the movies. I had, I had my my TV Langoliers phase, and that's it. So. <laughs> <laughs> my Tommy Knockers phase, thinner phase. All of his best adaptations. The Stand with Molly Ringwald. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, I've only read a little bit of Stephen King, and it was a pretty unhorny Stephen King. Like, there's a little bit in the mist where he's a little bit horned up, in despite of being trapped in a in a Fred Meyer with a uh, with, with gigantic <laughs> bogs and a you know murder fog outside. But uh, it's only mildly bonerific. Wait, so is is Fred Meyer also in Portland, Maine? <laughs> I contain multitudes. It's also the Captain Crunch voice. <laughs> it's also the Crispy Critters voice. Yeah, it is. It's, it's yeah. a lot of voices. It's also Santa Claus. Are you guys ready for another topic? Oh yeah, I'm still browsing. I'm gonna keep this up, but um, open that gorgeous metal-filled mouth of yours and gobble my crank from uh, <laughs> Needful Things. <laughs> Gobble. <laughs> Spice up that head with some braces. Yeah. <laughs> you feel free to keep, like, no matter what we're talking about, feel free to keep peppering the, the, the show with quotes from this Tumblr. You don't got to tell me twice. Man, at this point, uh, she kept on pulling Brian's pudding while she spoke. Pudding what? is not. Pud. Pudding is not. No. Yeah. If it's pudding, something bad <laughs> happened. As horrible has happened. Chernobyl. Uh, pudding is, in, in the UK, pudding is any dessert. Oh. So you think, you think that's what it is? It's like taking you to the candy shop and letting you lick the lollipop? Like that kind of thing? Uh, I mean, what else could it be? <laughs> that's, what is the alternative here? Well, Stephen King thought pud was short for pudding. <laughs> like, no, one, <laughs> no one told him otherwise. Is it short for something? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Okay, this one's got to be my favorite boner so far. Another, surely not Disney sanction, showed Goofy pulling down his pants every seven seconds or so, revealing a large boner with the words yuck, yuck, yuck written on it. <laughs> so we're talking about like an animated GIF here in, in like a 1989 Stephen King novel. <laughs> like hand, hand GIF, handmade GIF with somebody just turning the crank <laughs> after they gobbled it. Or it could be a zoetrope. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's beautiful. Go down to the museum mechanique and just uh, right check it out. <laughs> See Goofy pull down his pants every seven seconds. <laughs> <laughs> That's a what is the transit time from pants down to pants up, and three, vice versa? Three and a half seconds. We've established there this. You go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story problem, Jenny. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to talk about airplane respiration strategies. I'm pretty sure airplanes aren't a thing anymore, but like when I thought of this topic like two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. um, you could get flights pretty much anywhere for incredibly cheap, uh, but you would also get sick on them, guaranteed, because uh, uh, COVID-19 is too small uh, that it's not filtered out by the HEPA filter, so it just gets circulated all over the cabin. Um, So I was thinking like... What if I put my head in a plexiglass box that was big enough for my head and a fern? What if I hacked the oxygen mask to just come down as soon as I got in my seat? (laughs) I feel like this is a solvable problem. Like if we just all go around wearing uh, like diving helmets all the time, we can just go about our lives as normal. They have um, people who walk around with oxygen tanks now. With just uh, respirators and stuff. Oh, yeah. The big daddies. <laughs> yeah, the big, yeah, the big daddies. Man the bellows, boys. Um, <laughs> but, you know, because I've been on a plane with 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 an older person who has, a, mm. you know, as an oxygen tank. Uh, and they, they make a special announcement about it because they're like, you know, this is a no smoking flight. But especially today because there's, you know, oxygen use normally, but there's also someone who's using oxygen. Right. So they have to do that for your fern. So that's. That's actually nice to hear. Like, I didn't know that they gave you special uh, accommodations because I just assumed, like, I would have to hide my plexiglass box from the the crew or they'd ask me to stow it <laughs> under my seat. <laughs> the, uh, How, wait, what was your plan to hide the plexiglass box that was on top of your head with a fern in it? Uh, well, the plexiglass box is already clear, so that reduces visibility. <laughs> so as far as everyone's concerned, there's just a floating fern hovering near your head? Like an iron stone. Right. So either like I I find or invent uh, a fully transparent fern or I just like put some like sprinkle some green like foliage on my head to make it look like my head is just kind of lumpy on one side. There's that guy okay. with the rash. Yeah. What if uh, what if you stuck your head with the fern box under the seat and then you painted your face on the seat of your pants and did the did the flight upside down? <laughs> That's my new best uh, solution. <laughs> and then the, my butt would wear the oxygen mask and we find out if that's any good. You can give it, but you can't take it. <laughs> it, it might be like uh, it, like a butt chugging oxygen might be amazing. Who knows? Who's, who's even tried it? Uh, I, I, can, I can actually answer that question. Ooh. There, there's, a, there's a TV show that I, I learned about like a couple years ago called Kenny versus Spenny. Do either of you guys know about this? No. It sounds familiar. I don't know if I've seen it. It's a Canadian show and it's kind of, it's like two roommates and they, they come up with like a contest. So it's like who could eat the most blank, whatever. And then it's a reality show for a half hour. Uh, but they did one that was like, who could do the, the worst farts. Uh, and they had like a doctor come and get like a thing that measured like the amount of methane. And one of the guys was trying to win and he was, uh, had a hose. He was putting air up his butt. Uh, and the, like it is, it is some of the hardest I've ever laughed. I, I'm a simple man and him like <laughs> writhing around on the floor. Like, cause he's like, ow, ow, and just like farting. 
because <laughs> it seems extremely dangerous. The other guy was going for like a diet based strategy and it just like wasn't working. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, he put he put air up in his butt. And the, the answer is stuff comes out. It, it comes back out. OK. All right. I should have known that this would be the, the outcome because I've played Dig Dug. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think we ran that one into the ground. <laughs> Solved it. I posted a link. Um, Japanese scientists actually have figured out how to make plants transparent. Oh, excellent. Did you just discover this headline today? Yeah, I just Googled it while we were talking about it. Excellent. Send me that. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Uh, you guys ready for another topic? Sure. Yeah. So, so this is a write-in. Groke asks, being resourceful, resourceful when you don't have the correct tool. For example, I recently unblocked a toilet by using a mouse pad in place of a plunger. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's a, a pretty good visual image yeah i'm imagining like the tactile sensation and that's one of the worst things i've ever thought about the uh the mouse pad is at least kind of thick yeah yeah you know so like you're you're, you're locomoting it with your hand uh but it's not like you're using like like a dental dam or like <laughs> plastic bag or something like that like at you're least it's shoving your face in there yeah yeah you're not bobbing is that what a dental dam's for <laughs> who knows man <laughs> the, the, um, but at the very least like i feel like that would be gross like let's get all the way that's yeah. fucking gross grok um, <laughs> good, good on you buddy yeah <laughs> weird flux but okay go <laughs> off king when you plunge a toilet what water level do you prefer for that hmm uh, that is a good question. Do you, do you get to choose? Well, so I mean, you can do that. So it's clogged and you can do the thing where you flush it again and then it usually fills up yeah. higher than you would normally like it. Yeah. But if you sit there for a while, usually it kind of drains down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, so you don't want it high enough that if you put the plunger in there, it's going to overflow. Yep. Yep. Well, and splash. Let's, let's all, let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about the elephant in the room. Splashback. Flashback, yeah. I mean, this is all solvable if you like stand in the shower while you're plunging. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh... your bathroom layout is different from mine. Yeah, I would need like an articulated arm, like Krang has, to plunge from my my shower, like some kind of mechanical arm. And then also, I don't want to get uh, shitty water all outside of my bathtub. It's not just splashback on me. Yeah. I also don't want to get just like you know poop everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I like a medium water level. I also like a medium water level. I would imagine with the mouse pad, I would only want to do it if it were just like down, you know, at the bottom kind of dry. Oh, sure. And then I go with the mouse pad. Yeah. Uh, it'd be good if we got to reuse that mouse pad. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want a wet mouse pad. That's gross. Yeah. So other other tool tool substitutions. I use uh, uh, books as hammers a lot, but then I went and bought a hammer. So Yahtzee. Congratulations. Were you hammering nails or were you also using something else as the nails? Oh, <laughs> no, I was hammering nails. It was a very weird place in my life where I could afford nails, but not a hammer. Uh, <laughs> I only had one book. It was how to get a job. I never read it, though. Um, and look at you. Look at where you are now. Exactly. Look at me. Yeah. Look at Gary. I'm doing okay. I'm working from home and it's my life has not changed that much. Yay. Until 25% of our supporters lose their job and then well nevertheless you know but until that happens yeah borrow time so i've got a projector 
in the living room that to get it to the right angle, I set it up on four Game Boy games. <laughs> Which games? Oh, shit. Uh, stay right there and talk about something else. Do you want, do you want to make a guess, Jim? If we uh, get one right. of them right before she gets back, I, I feel like we... That's good. All right, all right, all right. Tetris, uh, Super, Super Mario Land. Uh, Axelay? Uh, Pokemon Red. And Pokemon Red. Okay. If we get just one of those right... I'm going to feel pretty good. If we get all of them wrong, though, uh-huh. we must be punished. <laughs> what, do you, what do you have in mind? The podcaster's dilemma, I call it. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm back. You ready for the list? Yeah. Okay, we got Final Fantasy Legend 1, Ooh. Final Fantasy Legend 3, Ooh. Tennis, Ooh. and Crystallis, which I didn't realize was a fucking Game Boy Color game. Oh, uh, I know. We, I know. We didn't guess any of them. Well, I think our, our <sighs> downfall was that we didn't guess <laughs> games that you wouldn't want to play ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, we the, guessed a bunch of good games. But we what? also guessed very common games, to be fair. Yes. Like yes. games like everybody had, like early Game Boy games, like Tetris. Maligning the Final Fantasy Legend series? I, I get that confused with, with Adventure. Like, there's one of those I like and one of them I don't. Adventure was the, like, action-adventure one, and then Legend was the straight RPG. So I like I like the Legend one. I think the straight RPG where you're, like, monsters and you feed them different foods and, like, sometimes they turn into something and sometimes they're yeah, a yeah, robot. Yeah. That shit perplexed me. But I also didn't haven't tried it since I was, you know, 11 or whatever. I like them both. Oh. All right, Gary, what's our punishment? Boy, <laughs> yeah, the podcaster's dilemma. I only I only started it at uh, the beginning of this dilemma. I didn't finish the dilemma. Well, yeah, actually, this is this is not the right time to choose our punishment now that we know it's going to happen. That that is actually true. Like I I'm gonna I'm gonna say a good night's sleep and a stern toothbrushing for me. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm in. Yeah, the, the, um, I think that's so. a fair and just outcome. I think your punishment should be having to play ten minutes of Final Fantasy Legend three on emulator each. You mean like right now? Uh, no, later. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say next time me and Jim see each other, we had to brush each other's teeth. But yours is good, too. <laughs> yeah. Why not both? Why not both? Same time. Can you do? Yeah, same time. <laughs> Just cuts to like, like take video of that and then put the AGDQ frame around it. <laughs> so, <laughs> chat window and stuff. Make it a donation incentive. I'm trying. I'm still trying to think of a good example of me using a um, a tool in an unorthodox way. Once I fixed a mm-hmm. toilet with a rubber band, I don't know if that huh, counts okay. because, like, the thing I fixed was pretty similar to a rubber band already. <laughs> I know. <sighs> I'll give. I'll give it to you. Yeah, right. I'll also give it to you. All right. I know. I have some good examples of this that I just can't think of. And I'm not going to think of for the entire recording of this podcast. It, it feels like something I do all the time. Yeah, just all the time. Ne- next time I do, I need to write into the podcast. All right. Yeah. Like. Okay. Sounds good. You can be a write-in. Yeah, yeah. I can be both. All right. All right. All right. Jenny, your topic here is replacing combat in video games with other stuff to slow down the pacing. Yeah. So this is based on, I just played, have we heard of The Longing? I don't know that one. Mm-hmm. It's the game that takes like 400 days to beat, right? 400 days. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting because I was thinking about this in in a different video game 
there would be like combat sections. Like if this was a Metroid, you'd go and there would be enemies and you would be fighting them and, and doing combat mechanics. And what they've replaced that with for pacing is your character just walks so slowly. Yeah, that's a, that's a mood setter for sure. Um, that sounds horrible to me. <laughs> yeah, no, the mood the mood is it's it would be incredibly boring. Yeah, the mood is why would I play that game? I, I'm not trying. I think Riff is playing that as well. He was talking about it. Oh yeah, uh, last time we got together, and I think my buddy Will started playing it as well. Um, and I know there are interesting things about it. I, I feel like the let's walk really slow probably isn't the most interesting thing about it. I don't regret having played it. And you can set your little guy on auto walk and just go do like play another video game. <laughs> When when you say regret having played it, you have not like no one has beat this, right? Because it takes four hundred days to beat. Like it's relatively new. Um, there are not to spoil things, but you there are things that can adjust the in game passage of time. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Pro tip: slow walk speed is something that is is a perpetual bugbear for me in video games. It it drives me pretty crazy whether it's fair or not. Like I I know it can be used to create a mood, but I just get annoyed by it. It's like walking behind somebody who's walking really slow in real life. You know, it just feels bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Like I, in a, in a video game, I will usually sprint at all times if possible. And I'm, I'm sure Uh like what's happening there is like, if you're trying to like a lot of games are trying to look like movies and no one just runs everywhere in movies. No one runs everywhere in real life. Like, and so if you want the game to be realistic, you have to just walk at a normal pace and I've often thought about like, well, why don't I just like, if I'm in such a hurry to get places in video games, why don't I run everywhere in real life too? You remember that Ryan asked that question last time I was on the show, right? Oh yeah. Did you figure it out? I'll just, I'll just paste that conversation in, in, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It's because it terrifies people. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what we came up with. It was like, everyone would think you're coming for them or something's very wrong. <laughs> Yeah. But also in my case, like it's exhausting. Like, oh yeah, I'm not in good enough shape to run everywhere. I'm not in good enough shape to walk everywhere. So <laughs> to sleep everywhere. Like <laughs> when I was playing um, Watch Dogs 2, this turned out to be a misunderstanding on my part, but I thought you had to click the left stick and hold it in to run. And you just had to click it. I think you just had to click it. Uh, but I was clicking it in and holding it to run and it was like really tiring out my thumb. And I thought that was mm-hmm. a really neat way to like simulate getting tired from sprinting. Yeah. I, I played games where that's the the thing where you have to hold it in, but usually they're games where you just sprint for like a little bit, like pretty small environments, like long-term you don't want to be doing that again, unless you're trying to do some like, Hey, your thumb's tired. Like your character's legs are tired. Right. You know, kind of leg thumb comparison art game. Like one of the things in a general sense with this this question um, in terms of slowing down pacing or kind of like varying pacing is uh, and I haven't played it yet. So so no spoilers allowed or uh, welcome, but we're going to do it for the show um, is uh, like Disco Elysium, which is like a role playing game that has conversations and detective work instead of fights to kind of break up the pacing. And I'm like way down for that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Think that, yeah, I love conversations uh, in games as, as kind of taking the same kind of cadence as a fight. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that game, like usually like the reason people use fights everywhere um, as a pacing mechanic is that it's something you can just have the player do over and over again. You don't have to come up with, you can design a fight by putting like, I'll just plop four enemies down over here and there's your fight. You can just do that incredibly quickly, but Disco Elysium 
Like they do that, except it's really elaborate, well detailed conversation trees. Like the amount I mean, of work that went into the writing of that game is astonishing. Well, and and I'm I'm super here for that. You know, like as a, as a thing, like I'm always going to love. You know, if there's a word in your game, it should be interesting. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's something I think I think a lot. And like, my, I haven't played that game yet, but my two previous examples are always Planescape Torment, where like even just random people on the street are really interesting, and then West of Loathing, where like you know most of the words in that game are funny. Right. You know, not everything, but like everything's an opportunity to tell a joke. There's no no one just standing around saying bullshit. You know, if there's words, they should be interesting or worth reading, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I'm going to guess that um, that Disco Elysium is the only game with that much writing it where writing in it where I don't hate the writing. Uh, I'm I'm very excited to, to get into it as a combat alternative. We're really ripping through these topics. We might have to dip into the, the extended I, bucket. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, what's in the extended bucket? Uh, you, you guys wrote it, you know. A extra deep bucket. Have, have you, uh, since we're living in end times, have you seen, um, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of televangelists who have been selling like doomsday prep buckets? No, I've uh, not seen that. What's in these buckets? Well... Uh, I just recently saw like the interior of one of the buckets and cool. it was like this shelf stable potato soup, but it's not portioned out or anything. Like it's just like this gigantic bucket. <laughs> and then they showed like the, the, you know, uh, I don't, I can't remember the name of the, the, you know, evangelist guy, but he's opening it. And it's just like the world's biggest serving of soup. It, it's not like I was expecting a bunch of like micro like MREs or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the bucket not to be the vessel in which you eat the food out of as well. Oh no. You got to bring the community together and eat all this soup or it's going to go bad before you finish it. Yeah, which is, feels like it eliminates the purpose of like a doomsday prep soup or doomsday bucket, you know? Well, we were talking last episode about the idea of, um, Instead of working steadily, continuously at your job, you could um, uh, do no work for an hour and then work like six times as fast for the next 10 minutes. I feel like you could do that with food where you don't eat for a week and then you drink that entire bucket of soup. (laughs) (laughs) Give it a shot, Jim. Okay. (laughs) All right. I got to set up a P.O. box so people can send me Uh, soup. soup buckets. Yeah, the, um, we'll do a time capsule, but it'll be just for food for you to eat all in one mega meal. <laughs> yeah, we'll get some kindergarten classes to do a time capsule project under false pretenses. Yeah, <laughs> you'll just get a capsule full of like toy cars. Oh, gotta eat them. I made the promise. Gotta eat them. <laughs> gotta eat them. The podcaster's dilemma. <laughs> The thing I didn't realize, like last week, I was talking about the idea of if you had a boring job. Uh, you could make it less boring by like just taking long breaks and then doing the boring job in a, a shorter span of time. But what I didn't realize at the time and is obvious to me now is that what that would mean is that they would like fire eight other people and give all their work to you because you've proven you can do the work in the smaller amount of time. Oh, yeah. Uh, like that, that scene in Schindler's List where like the uh, the guard puts the gun to his head and tells him to like make a watch or whatever. And he does it. And he's like, that's how fast you can make a watch. Why do you only have three done? Right. You know, um, you know, you should always be working at the speed at which if you had a gun to your head, the people, people will exploit you if you, if you, if you did that. The secret is you have to, you have to be tricky about it. Like you just, you get all your work done and then you look like you're doing work when you're not doing work. Right. You fool them. You, you fool them. You drink a lot of water. You pee <laughs> a lot. 
um, you know, like, uh, and, and that, that's how you get through it. Emails. Uh, I used to, when I worked last time I worked in an office, I used to, um, copy articles from the internet I wanted to read and then email them to myself and format them like wow. emails. Oh yeah. So Genius I, brain. Thank you. Yeah. So I looked like I was reading emails all day, but I was just reading my home, you know, stuff I set up at home to make work go by quicker. There was definitely a, um, a Visual Studio plugin that would let you play text adventures inside of your IDE. That, that, that stuff's ancient. And like 80s computer games always have that work mode or that work button. Right, yeah. That kind of turns into a spreadsheet. The, the boss key, which which has a, was a fun double meaning with Zelda games. Mm-hmm. I always liked the one in, um, in Leisure Suit Larry. There was a boss key, but when you pressed it, it would lose your state. Because it would say that I always I always forget everything when you when you panic like that. <laughs> I like the idea of doing it now too, where like you come in, your boss comes in, and like you're just trying to hide that you're playing Leader Suit Larry, and it, it sets up that you know you get this like word perfect 2.0 yeah you know web interface that pops up or what have you yeah like uh, you know DOS shell <laughs> pops up <laughs> like hey Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you computing in Windows 3.1? Oh, I, I, customers? Just trying to save money, boss. <laughs> boss, I got us a tax credit. Uh, you guys ready for another topic? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Gary, your topic is what age were you meaningfully aware of your mortality? Did something happen? Yeah. So I, I think about uh, death all the time, you know, and I, I'm very aware that I'm going to die. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was just thinking, wondering whether other people have that experience. And if so, like when, when did that onset for you? Cause for me, it's as long as I can remember. I don't, I don't have an onset. Yeah. Same. I don't, I don't okay. know when it, when it happened. I can tell you that, um, uh, getting married and having a kid actually reduced that significantly. And I don't know if it's like really? now that I have a kid, I don't have to worry about dying. Because my yeah. genes will live on. Or if it's yeah. just that, like, I'm a lot busier now, I don't have time to worry about that shit. Like, I think it mm. might be either one of them. Like, I certainly remember um, being extremely depressed for a lot of my life. And the, one of the only things in my life that had a long-term positive effect on that was my first romantic relationship. Mm. Because I like presumably because I didn't have I didn't have it weighing over me like all the time that I was going to die alone. Yeah. Oh, I, I can I could see that. And also, like when you start when you get a little older and you start thinking of practical forms of death, and you, and you think, uh, oh, you know, not just dying alone in the abstract, but also if I eat a ham sandwich and don't chew it properly, maybe someone will be around there to catch me before I just like get eaten by my cat. Yeah. You know, in my one room basement apartment. Right. You haven't taught Pocket to do the Heimlich yet? Boy, Pocket, he, he knows and he wouldn't do it. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but he's being a bit of a pill today. So I'm subtweeting him through a podcast he doesn't listen to. Yeah. I I know we, we talked about this a little bit before the show. I don't know if I'm meaningfully aware of my mortality right now. Yeah. It's just don't. You just, do you just not think about it? Or is it a thing where, like, yeah, does it just not pop up, or how does that articulate? It's like it, I understand it intellectually, but I don't know if that is like meaningful awareness. Yeah, like I make I make decisions based on not dying, but not but, but not you don't like you haven't emotionally internalized. Yeah, that. 
That's honestly, that sounds like a much better way to live. Like you're still going to not die, but but you don't <laughs> well, think about dying all the goddamn time. The Strike that and reverse it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, to, to me, the best part about this is if you go into a real like gather your rosebuds mode. You know, mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh, like I'm going to die someday. I, I, you know, the, the biggest thing it has done for me, and I, I'm still trying to thread the needle because I overcorrected for a long time, was like learning to value my time. Oh, yeah. Because I yeah. was just like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to die. I don't, I don't want to do this. You know, I don't like this person. Do I want to hang out with them? No, I, I don't no. like them. They're nice, but I don't like them. So, and then just letting that go because, and, and death is a big factor in that equation for me. I started this book. Do I want to finish it? No, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't like this. Like, why am I doing it? And, and that is a question that I feel like, you know, even though I've overcorrected and turned me into a maudlin fucker, the best thing to come out of it is that I'm pretty much constantly asking, like, is this worth my time? And not in a mean way, not like, you know, you there, boy, impress me on this elevator and I'll give you a shilling, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not, like not in that way, but uh, just in, in a terms of, uh, you know, not doing things I don't like doing as much if I can help it. I just listened to the podcast where you played through all of Ocarina of Time, so... Hell yeah. <laughs> that's work, my man. That, that's what I did instead of, uh, you know... And I did in a sprint. I, I fucked around for 50 minutes, and then I did an hour worth of Ocarina in 10. So. Right. That's that's the smart way to do it, yeah. You did the bunny hop? Yeah, I bunny, bunny hopped. I did a bunch of speedrunning chicks. I just glitched. I rewrote the code. But yeah, that was a bad use of my time. Uh, outside of it being paid for it. Right, right. You're, you're getting money. Yeah. Got to respect the hustle. <laughs> you do. Thank you for your respect. Uh, I realized, Gary, like, and I, I went and that I missed three of your topics in the topic bucket. You wrote so many and I copy and pasted a bunch thinking I got them all. It's like, that's got to be all of Gary's topics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But nope. but your favorite one, like my favorite of yours is not in the <laughs> list. So we've got to do that at some point. We got to, yeah. Uh, but my last topic here is... Uh, the MT-80S MIDI boombox. I just found out about this yesterday when um, Cable, the uh, the CEO of Panic, uh, posted on Twitter an, a video of him placing this device, which looks for all the world like a boombox with a floppy drive instead of a tape drive uh, on a counter and then putting a floppy disk in. Then it plays Canyon.mid and... Part of the reason this is so delightful is that I can imagine almost no audience for this product. <laughs> like, who wants this other than other than like nerds <laughs> twenty years from now who are going to think it's mm-hmm. cool and nostalgic? The uh, I saw I saw that tweet as well, but I had seen a similar device because there's a YouTuber I watch called uh, LGR who is real into old kind of weird oddity stuff like that, and he has a, a MIDI stereo setup. Yeah. And it, it made me want one pretty badly. I, I spent a lot of time on vgmusic.com uh, as a teen, which is a, a site for mm. midis of video game music. Right. And, uh, you know, loading up a floppy with those and cranking some jams would be fun to me. Yeah. Now Works. I'm thinking about just wiring up your house so that it plays midis just all the time. Like open a cabinet. <laughs> da na na na. <laughs> <laughs> The the obvious way to do this is to point to a YouTube channel that has a bunch of MIDI renderings on it. But I, I get the they get the sense you want something a little bit more authentic than that. Probably, I feel like if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna do it and you're gonna fake your MIDIs, there's almost no point, right? Uh huh. 
Uh, <laughs> what if what if it was handheld phone footage of one of these devices playing mi- <laughs> on YouTube? Okay, that's better. The uh, the the serious answer to that, not to to get serious, right? So, like, I I have a record player. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's one of the most inconvenient appliances I own. Um, oh yeah, every song I could ever want to listen to in my entire life is either on my phone or on YouTube. But the the to me, there is a physical act of putting on a record that has like an intentionality behind it that just like doing whatever, you, you know, listening to what YouTube tells me to listen to or looking up something on my phone doesn't um, like you have to like engage with it. You have to set it up. The The sound quality is like not better because I have a shitty record player, but it's kind of unique. Like you hear the crackles, you hear like a little bit of imperfections yeah. and then you have to flip it partway through. You end up listening to songs you would you would skip past if it were on your phone or what have you. So I can imagine the same thing. If you're just like way into to doom, you know, way into to MIDI soundtracks. Yeah. And having the intentionality. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, the fact that you're setting up this physical artifact kind of puts you in a mood that like this, this next half hour is for this music. It's not just something I'm doing half acidly while I do something else. Yeah. It's like unitasking as a, like monotasking instead of multitasking. Yeah. Weirdly enough, like I, there was a, there's a scene in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And so this was like, this sort of idea was old, even in the nineties where, um, Giles and I think Buffy's mom, uh, revert to their younger selves. And there's a scene where they are like listening to music together and just talking about it. And like, just that, that idea, like that's, I guess that's something that happened in the sixties and seventies. It didn't happen when I was a teenager. I, I used to do that all the time. Yeah. Okay. Like I would put on tapes and I would listen to music either with my friends and that's all we do. Or I would sit down and read lyrics along with uh, tapes. Yeah. I did that one a lot. Yeah. I never, I don't think I ever sat down with anybody and we just listened to music. But I would definitely um, just be in my room listening to music as the primary activity and just uh, like lighting random pieces of paper on fire. <laughs> so, to have like a visual component <laughs> oh the lighting things on fire thing that definitely happened <laughs> that was the primary activity <laughs> right in, in jim's household up until that gray september morn <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah I, I i want one of those little mini things after i saw that that twitter uh post like got retweeted into my timeline probably by you i uh i went to go look for that the device and could not find one, you know, in the, in the couple moments I spent right. Yeah. Looking around, could not one find one that found the right intersection of like convenient and cheap. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like he said, he spent 50 bucks on it and like a, a ton of the replies were like, I can't find it for less than 200. So like, I, I think he got super lucky. Yeah. I, I had a friend who was in a, a band called pinstripe mind back in my early band days. And he, uh, I never got a chance to hear it because we were, lost touch but he did an album on on midi like in like 2004 and was going to release on on floppy disk i'm like that's awesome like i definitely want to hear that and then uh, i never know what came of it sadly music discs that's what we did in the demo scene hell yeah that's not what i did in the demo scene but i know that (laughs) word and it sounds good yeah (laughs) it's it's a very zine like activity I, i like and again this wasn't something that i personally took part in but like in scandinavia you could uh you would go to to 
copying parties with your friends and trade demo discs and music discs and things like that. It's it sounds very uh well nowadays it sounds super dangerous actually. <laughs> like today specifically. <laughs> right. Yeah, like yeah, the next couple of months specifically, but yeah. Like an impromptu micro topic that that reminds me of yeah. if if you don't mm. mind is that uh I was before um things totally hit the fan with plague life. I was thinking about uh, just in general, like all these weird things that I, I did when I was a kid, they're just gone now. And like a lot of those, those examples would be like, um, t- like, uh, like a rotary dial phone, right? Mm-hmm. I was like yeah. you know, looking at, looking at one of those, uh, in like a thrift store and my girlfriend was like, Oh, like, yeah, I don't think I, that's weird. I was like, yeah, we used to have one of those. Like I, I had a rotary dial phone or I think about, uh, my, my old 8086 computer and like trying to run it and stuff like that. Like all these things are just lost yeah. to time. I would love to find in a thrift store, like the, the, the bank pneumatic t- delivery system where like, <gasps> yeah, um, send them that your check. The best. Those tubes. Yeah. Um, that could be your soup capsule. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. About that stuff and how, like, there's so many things like that that are just totally gone. And then now, though, we're living in a moment where some things might be totally gone and it happened in what feels like an instant. Yeah. Like, I think it's kind of naive to think that, like, theaters will be necessary. Like, who are are these companies that can afford to just kind of be movie theaters for a year without patronage? You know, like, we might come out of this without movie theaters. And it happened like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's not yeah. like, you know, all those other things that faded away and like, it feels so elemental and so universal and have something like that go away just feels totally like absolutely crazy while I was already just reckoning with the fact that like, you know, those bank teller machines or like any number of other things from my youth. Yeah. Like we're, we're, I think we're going to see a big cultural shift in the next year. Um, and mm-hmm. I think we're also going to see a big, like a possibly a shift in like this country's geopolitical position in the world in the next year. That's super interesting. Yeah. It's, it's interesting times in like the literal curse sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Real wild. We're starting our lockdown on Monday or like, you you? know, in, in force, not quite lockdown, but like the, you know, uh, don't go out unless you have to like then mm-hmm. all, all bars, restaurants, and clubs. So I'm, I'm presuming they're not actually going to be sending out cops to enforce this. It's like in, in California, we're all in shelter in place, but like no one's enforcing it. Like no one's no one's making you stay home. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think there would be like stormtroopers on the street. It's more just like almost any place I'd want to go to is closed. Right. You know, like everything that's not a grocery store is gone. I saw a, a Chuck E. Cheese today that said carry out only. <laughs> carry out what like like you go and they throw balls at your child would, to simulate a pit <laughs> uh, that would make way more sense than the pizza which i assume is what it actually is yeah. it's, it's a bunch of pizza and then it, it comes with those like those black and orange spider rings <laughs> on the side that you could win for 30 tickets and that's it <laughs> they, they tried to i went to a, a showbiz in like 2015 or 2014 oh, yeah? like sometime in the last decade because uh my one of my ex-girlfriends like older friends was kind of like a you know irony irony lady and uh she held her mm-hmm. birthday party there and uh it was pretty amazing um and they have tried to like up their menu a little bit like it's like 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 Le Shucks bistro or something like that like i can't remember the exact <laughs> phrasing but it was like you know wood fired 
know, chef inspired. Lashuk the ghost pirate from Monkey Island. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's a they were serving beer. I was probably drunk. I don't, okay. I, don't I was drinking the hand sanitizer. <laughs> but yeah, it was all you know, wood fired, chef inspired pizza creations and stuff on the menu for adults. Wow. Um, you know, but I, I, but they still tasted like garbage. Like we, you know, we got that. We we're just like, yeah, we'll, we'll order the grown up pizza, and it still tasted like microwave trash. <laughs> but but um, woody, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like no one would eat it. Like somebody took a spritzer labeled fake smoke and just sprayed it at your pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, went through a conveyor belt. Are you guys ready for another topic? Sure. Let's do. All right, I'm winging it here. Uh, Jenny, uh, you have here things you do so people will think you're an adult, but you can't figure out if there's another purpose for doing them. Yeah. So the one specific example I have was I was trying to figure out uh, why bed frames Mm -hmm. as opposed to just sleeping on a mattress on the floor. I did that for years. And uh, as soon as I uh, got in a relationship, they insisted that I get a real bed. Did they explain why? Uh, No. No, but um, there's definitely um, an aspect of cooling. Like, mm, uh, if your okay. mattress is elevated, then it, it has better ventilation. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's easier to get into and out of. But that's not that's not bed frames. That's like like you can do like a box spring or something like that. Like I always think of, or actually, no, you're right. That's bed frames. I was thinking of like headboards and footboards. Like, what the oh, fuck's yeah. the point of those things? Yeah, I think footboards are specifically to hurt yourself on. Yeah, exactly. Because it's crack my ankles open. Uh huh. Yeah. If you don't have the footboard, then like the screws that that the footboards attached to are just bare out in the open. You're gonna hurt yourself on that. <laughs> yeah. I just put a tennis ball on top of it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So you know where to park. <laughs> yeah, so I know where to park my keister <laughs> at the end of the day, Easter. I, I put an all-purpose marshmallow on there. Utility mallow. But I, I also don't turn my nose up at, at being on the floor, um, you know, on, on a mattress. I did, I've done that for a long time. Right now I have a futon, so I'm pretty low, but I'm not quite on the floor. But that's for my back because, like, I, I need something something firm for my back. We had a bedroom for a while, and the act of sleeping on it caused it to migrate across the room, <laughs> like, <laughs> faster than you would imagine. And then we decided we didn't like that. So for a while, I was sleeping on a mattress on a floor next to an empty bed frame. And let me tell you, if people see that, they're going to have an opinion about it. (laughs) (laughs) Some kind of weird divorce happened here. (laughs) Migrating bed frame definitely sounds like an SCP. (laughs) Keter class problem in this relationship. (laughs) that The bed frame is migrating. People have an opinion about all kinds of stuff like that. And it's, it's... really drives me nuts because you know everybody wants to you know if if somebody's comfortable sleeping why would you ever care how somebody else sleeps oh my god right you know yeah it, it's it's like when people get mad it's like oh like you you put a mixer in this this booze but it's the finest booze you you cook your steak medium you know and it's like well I, you're not eating it like you don't yeah. have to sleep there you know like why do you care i i was in a a, a party once and somebody went on a a pretty strong uh futon rant in a in a then the the tact was like a you know if you go home on a date and you see that man and got a futon like mm-mm, you know he he a scrub was kind of the tact and i was like oh you know I, I sleep on a futon and it just it's it's a good futon you know but i do it because i need a really firm surface because it, it helps my back it, it's really comfortable and she just kind of kept insisting like i, I think like she wasn't uh-huh. getting the reaction she wanted from the like ain't i right like oh. that's a warning sign 
and and right. nobody was biting and it was incredibly awkward <laughs> like oh, uh, she's like i have i have one opinion about anything yeah. <laughs> and it's this futon thing and i've been practicing the one time you can have an opinion about someone else's bed if is if you're going to home to sleep with them oh right. yeah like if you if if you were going if somebody were going home Jenny like you just had the mattress and the and the bed frame there and you weren't uh, couple oh, and sure. somebody somebody came in and they're like oh what's going on here you know I I, I can see that <laughs> yeah. you have an empty bed frame next to a mattress on the floor this makes me think I'm about to be murdered yeah do you need help like, uh-huh. <laughs> with the murder I could. <laughs> I could expose my neck for you. <laughs> yeah, let me get a, a wipe, a Purell wipe to wipe down the incision site. <laughs> I don't want to get an infection after I'm dead. <laughs> That's the worst time to get an infection because it never heals. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst time to get your neck cut open. Never heals. Uh, are there any other examples we can think of of like stuff you do uh, that is like a quote unquote like adulting, but doesn't actually matter that much? I feel like wearing nice clothes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, to some extent I wear nice clothes. Like I try to wear clean clothes. I try to wear clothes that fit completely unnecessary. Well, the, uh, there, there's a, there's a practical element to both those things, like in terms of like comfort and then, you know, hygiene. Right. So like, I, I, I get that yeah. part. Yeah. But my, but personally my standards are real low <laughs> and I do it because <laughs> People like me better if I look better and like that's a that that is a value to me. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's an interesting like uh, trade. I I was thinking about this with the um with everybody working from home now and there's a lot of advice mm. threads about like put on a suit. You know, get get up and take a shower and brush your teeth at the same time every day, like you know, dress up like yeah. you're going to work, you know, put on your shoes and stuff. And I don't I think all that stuff doesn't work for me. Like if it works for people, it makes them feel good. It makes them feel good, but mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm going to wear pajamas yeah. all the time because it's comfortable as hell and nobody sees me. It's awesome. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So back when I um, went out to co-working twice a week, I would definitely just work in my underwear at home. But now that I'm not leaving the house ever, like except to go on like occasional walks, um, I am definitely getting dressed. It's, it, is a, it is a weird psychological thing. That's interesting. I've been working, I've been working at home for a while and I'm always really amused whenever I have a meeting with like clients because for some, for like stand up meetings with my team, I don't feel the need to try super hard. But if it's like a, a client thing, I will go, I will do like a nice top, a whole makeup thing with some lipstick, do the hair thing, and then just um, lower half is completely pajama pants and like big fluffy <laughs> ass socks. Right. Yeah, I, I can, I can definitely see that. Like if somebody's going to see me. That tends to determine how much effort I put in. Yep. Yeah. Right. So, but I, I can under, I mean, if it helps somebody, like I understand if it's like, oh, it makes you feel better to do work from mm-hmm. home. It's real hard to figure out when yeah. to brush my teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, before bed, but the other time, when does it make sense? Because if I do it before I eat, you know, I'm just going to get a bunch of garbage in there. Right after breakfast is what I've heard. Yeah. That's, that makes sense. Yeah. You guys ready for another topic? Sure. Yeah. All right, this is probably going to be the last one for tonight, uh, but I saved the best for last. Okay. Gary, your topic here is you can only listen to one song for the rest of eternity. You don't get to pick. How much money would it take and what song is the worst? This is It's awesome that this came up because uh, this is an old song that I or an old question that I put in for the Ryan episode, but me and Jenny talked about this when she was in town for Duckfest. 
And Jenny and Chris, oh, wow. we went to that restaurant. We kind of talked about this a little bit. We did. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot having this conversation. I remember going to that restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember the specifics of it, but I, I think it's, it's, so here's the concept is like an evil wishmaster uh, says like, I'm going to choose a song for you. It's the only song you get. Uh, if you accept this, what is the lowest amount of money you would pick for it? Uh, and then what would be the worst song the wishmaster could pick for you? So are you hearing this song the whole for the rest of your life? Or can you just not choose to not listen to music? It replaces all music for you. So if you're watching a movie or a TV show and they have a theme song, if there's interstitial music, if there's video game music, if you're out in the world, it just replaces music for you. That's bad. That's yeah. real bad. <laughs> like so most most video games you can turn off the music. Like so my my thinking here is I've got pretty good um like vi- what do you call visualization but for music like I can listen to music in my head and it is pretty like pretty satisfying like listening to actual music. Mm-hmm. Um so I could probably go the rest of my life without hearing music. And be okay. Oh, God. What if it went far enough that every time you tried to uh, think a song, it was just that other that bad song? It would Ooh. take a lot more money. <laughs> a lot more money. <laughs> or if you tried to sing, it would just turn into that. You know, like every, every the office is doing happy birthday and you're like, I will. I won't. I've been, I talk. I've been here before. <laughs> um. Uh, in that scenario, selling the drama is the worst song, but I don't think that's actually the worst song. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, certainly. Like know. I can, I can think of worse. My my thinking was that like you can turn the music off in most video games. I could just watch movies on mute, I guess, and watch like subtitles. The, uh, subtitles, sure. Yeah, it would still take a lot of money. As for what song is worst for me, like what I'm thinking of is so when I was working on Gunhouse. I got real fucking sick of the title screen music, which is this really jaunty, peppy jingle. It's about eight seconds long Mm. and just loops forever. Eight seconds is not very long for a song. No, it's not. Yeah, that's a rough one. I I didn't really think about jingles when I was thinking about this. I was thinking of pop music. But like a seven second jingle would be real rough. Yeah, or or less than seven seconds. What if it's just the Zelda noise do, item do, do, do. or a Zelda item noise? It's like da na 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 na. I never oh, realized man. that the Zelda item noise is just the Adams family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very good. That that's that's a rough one. What 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 dollar amount? What ballpark? You thinking? Uh, so I'm not going to do it. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank God. Um, I think. If I could choose to not listen to music, as opposed to like, if this was actually in my head, if it was just external music, I think I would do it for like, like mid seven figures. So, so several, several million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It would have to be life changing amounts of money, but not so much money that you just give up on everything and start doing drugs all day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not, not notch candy house money. Yeah. yeah. Even and even though I think that we talked about this in the restaurant, it becomes more complicated when you start thinking of like, oh, like I could use that money to cure world hunger. You know, because oh, right, yeah. it's really oh, yeah. yep. from nowhere. So be oh, like, oh, shit. yeah, any amount, y'all, I'll do it for for several billion dollars, and it could be any song because I'll be able to do great works. 
You look upon my works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You zip>. yeah. <laughs> it stops when you die, right? Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, boy. <laughs> you go up to heaven, all the harps are just like, I won't. I won't. I, I, I you too for a moment. <laughs> it turns out the other rule is that you can do all the great works with your money, but all the great works uh, have to come out of your pants. Yeah. <laughs> the Stephen King, the Stephen King special. Right. You're just at like a rally to like, you know, tell the people of Flint that you fixed their water, and then like you turn on the stereo and your horrible song comes on. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, like, everyone's all looking up. Like, why the hell do they choose this? Oh yeah. So can everyone else hear it? Um, no, I think I think it's not cursed for the whole world. I guess I think that okay. like you, it's what all music turns into for you. In, in my mind, I was just thinking, like, if you chose music, like, all your CDs and stuff would turn into it as well, like a Midas Touch kind of thing. <laughs> like the Midas Touch. Yeah. If I could go to a concert and, like, everybody else, suddenly that band could only play the song I hate. You'd pay for that. That would be amazing. Yeah. That would be really interesting. As long as no one knew it was you. You know? Oh, they would they would find out and I would be studied. Put <laughs> <laughs> on a dissection table. Like, like Project Elf. <sighs> Do, do yeah, just look- for the rest of my life, they'd be like playing different songs at me. <laughs> just to, to have them all converted. Do you have a, an answer for both of these, Jenny? I can't remember. I think right right now, I think, uh, what's that? that? That Five for Fighting 100 Years song. My least favorite song that I can think of at the moment. How much, how much cash? Oh, like changing mid, mid seven figures? Mid seven figures. <sighs> So it's interesting trying to pick a dollar amount because it's like what, uh, like what, what is the incentive to? Because it's it's not like I'm bidding, right? I'm just like like making the deal a deal with this entity, the evil wishmaster, and I basically get to set my own price. Well, in in my scenario, I guess, I guess in, in this scenario, I am the wishmaster's assistant, and I'm gathering intelligence, like so, like at a cold <laughs> reading. <laughs> I'm just trying to feed him your lowest bid beforehand in exchange for getting two songs for me. So, yeah, let's go with fifty million dollars. Okay, fifty mil and five for fighting. So that's <laughs> ten mil per one for fighting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I, I that sounds like a great place to end this episode. I'm sorry, mil. what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say I hate the song "Give It Away" by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh man, but that song is is so easy to get a high score in rock band. Mm, yeah, I mean, I guess I get really man. That this this thing would make rock band so difficult because the, uh, the oh yeah. The, yeah the inputs would be the same, but you'd be hearing different music. Take that harmonics, Jenny. Uh, if this is something you want, where can people find you on the internet? Um, they can. Gosh, I'm still on Twitter break. They can, uh, they haven't done this yet, but they can send me emails. I'm Jenny at JennyPaladna.com. All right. Uh, Gary, if this is something you want, uh, where, can people, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, well, all the pod work is at DuckFeed.TV, and you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at GaryBa, G-A-R-Y-B-U-H. Sounds good. Thanks so much for being on. Yeah, th- thanks, Jim. This was really fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. Also, uh, you should know that Jesse believed his usually polite attorney's pecker would have ripped the fly out of his natty pinstripe trousers if he'd been any slower getting them off. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. 
Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com. You can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode.